0: Coming up, marriage and communication and what could be more important than saying, I love you. Welcome, everybody, to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on H.com. I'm Heather Dean, and this is the place where each week a well-known Torah scholar drops by for a visit and shares important insights from the Torah that will make home life And this week, I'm joined by my guest, Rabbi Dr. David Gottlieb, and we will be speaking about communication in marriage. Rabbi Dr. David Gottlieb is the author of four books, most recently Reason to Believe, and a senior faculty member at Or Sameach in Jerusalem. Additionally, Rabbi Gottlieb is a popular speaker internationally on a wide variety of topics, which includes ethics, biblical criticism, the relevance of religion, and the Jewish traditions Roles for men and women. You can listen to many of Rabbi Gottlieb's lectures for free, order his books, and contact him to speak in your community by visiting his website, davidgottlieb.com. That's D O V I D G O T T L I E B.com. Welcome back to At Home in Jerusalem, Rabbi Dr. David Gottlieb.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You often cite the writings of Rabbi Eliyahu Dessler in your lectures about interpersonal dynamics. So I'm wondering if you could explain Rav Dessler's perspective on what motivates many people to give and what motivates many people to take.
1: Giving is an expression of the deepest level of the soul. In the Jewish tradition, the soul is an expression of God's presence in the world, and God just gives does nothing but give and we have that built into our deepest recesses. That's why we can't be satisfied, we can't be happy with ourselves and our roles in life unless we're in a position where we're able to give. That's one of the main motivations for having children. So that is absolutely basic to a person. Taking is a sign of pain and weakness. I would use the following rule, a person who causes pain is in pain, Mm -hmm. a person's life, is happy, satisfied, uh, inspiring, has no purpose in giving pain to other people. A person who takes is a person who's desperately in fra- afraid of missing out, of losing, of not having enough. It's a sad condition. One should look at such a person with pity. Uh, I don't think it's essentially vicious. I think the viciousness is just a cover up for the sense of inadequacy and pain.
0: Mm-hmm. And. Uh, how do these motivations apply to the marriage relationship?
1: Well, everyone is a combination of desires to give and desires to take. In a relationship, because of our own imperfections and our own state of development, we will need to receive some of the things that we feel that we have to have, to have, have to receive. But also in the relationship, there has to be giving because otherwise, we won't find any satisfaction in the, in the relationship. Mm. If uh, you're married and the partner doesn't need you for anything, you're not going to be satisfied in that relationship. So so giving is a need that the person has. This doesn't make it selfish. A person's selfish because of what he wants, not because he wants. Mm. If you want for the other person, then that, that's not a selfish gesture. And this means one of the most crucial gifts you can provide your spouse with is the opportunity to give to you. Mm -hmm. Let me just give you a little illustration. Suppose I ask you for advice. So you're going to give me advice and I'm going to improve what I'm doing. But when I ask you for advice, there's a big implication, I think you're smart, I think you're well educated. I think you have a lot of experience. I think that you have great understanding. You're articulate enough to communicate it to me. And you're kind enough to share it with me. So I'm giving you a real boost in terms of your self-image when I ask you for advice. Mm -hmm. This means that in the very same interaction, both parties can be giving to each other. That is Rav Dester's ideal. Mm -hmm. That in each interaction, both parties are giving to each other.
0: Okay, they're providing the spouse for the opportunity to give. To, to each other. Right. There's an idea that you teach about communication in marriage. It's a, a three-word phrase that is just about as important as saying, I love you, but almost no one says this to their spouse. Can you talk about this phrase and explain its message uh, and why it's important to convey this to one's spouse?
1: This is crucial. It's, a, it's an application of what we just said. The three mm-hmm. words that people don't say, not to their spouses, nor almost to anyone else, is I need you. Because I need you sounds like I'm needy, Mm -hmm. and that's terrible. (laughs) I should be able to stand on my own two feet and be independent. Mm -hmm. But that's an absolute illusion. No one is independent, everyone depends upon other people. And when I say to someone, I need you, what I'm telling that person is, you're giving me something precious. That builds the other person up. A person feels valuable when he's giving to others. I did a survey on self-esteem, a shocking survey, Not one source that I found in the international sources makes this point. (laughs) That you build a person's self-esteem by creating opportunities for that person to give to others. I saw an article by a woman who said in preparing for Pesach, have your child polish the bookcases. When you sit down to the Seder with 25 guests, say to everyone, you see those bookcases? Yanki did the bookcases. How's he going to feel? Mm. He's going to feel like a million dollars because he created something, benefited the whole community, the whole group of people. In mm-hmm. that, he's going to feel worthwhile.
0: Mm. Very nice, very nice. Um, you also have uh, taught about uh, a nice twist on um, Rabbi Akiva's uh, famous saying about "We have to Right, So, I'm wondering um, if you could mention this idea how Rav Dessler spin that if you're going to give to someone that you identify with someone, right? Investing in someone.
1: Very interesting. The Torah's passage the, the ter- is, uh, you should love your friend as yourself. Uh, how do we feel about self-love? Some people think that self-love is the enemy. But try to apply that to the verse. Let's see if I'm a real holy person, a very pious person, and I don't love myself at all. And the verse says, love your friend as yourself. So it comes out that I love my friend, zero, just like I love myself. (laughs) That doesn't seem like the right result. The Torah is building on a foundation of self-love. The way you overcome the selfishness, the egoism and self-love is to spread the self. If you identify with another person, if you give to another person, you see your efforts in that person, then your self now includes that other person. The natural love of the self for itself includes that other person. Every parent feels that in their children. Every teacher feels that in in their students. When the student succeeds, it's my success because I'm in that student, I'm part of that student. That's not egoism. It's expending the self and eventually you want the the self to extend to include the whole of the Jewish people.
0: That's fantastic, that's terrific. Thank you so much for speaking with us today about giving and taking and communicating in marriage, Rabbi Dr. David Gottlieb.
1: Thank you for the opportunity.
0: And there are many excellent articles and lectures about marriage in the family section on H.com. Check them out, and thanks for listening.